Welcome to episode 8 of the Amadeus Travel Payments podcast and the final episode of 2021. One of the key areas we focused on this year was helping airlines and travel merchants to deliver a frictionless payment experience for their customers. We interviewed airlines and travellers to explore common payment pain points and highlighted opportunities for airlines that can deliver a consistent payment experience from booking to trip and beyond. You can view our findings of this research by clicking the links in the podcast description. Today we're sharing a recording of a panel discussion of our frictionless research recorded in November. The panel was hosted by Focuswire journalist Linda Fox with contributions from Frank Gubber, Loyalty and Payments Product Manager for Iceland Air, Camille LaRue, Head of UX at Amadeus Payments and Travel Payment Strategist Adnan Beg. Enjoy! So let's jump right in here. The pandemic has pushed travellers to use digital trends, making it more important than ever for travel companies to understand and create a frictionless journey to meet the demands of customers from booking to payment. The common goal for both travel providers and travellers themselves is often an end-to-end payment experience that adds value to the overall trip experience. Amadeus Payments has taken a look at a typical air travel journey from booking through to the airport and journey itself to identify the potential stages where innovative digital payments can transform the traveller's experience. Payment mechanisms have changed in the past decade, with many options now available to travellers. This report from Amadeus not only considers the role of digital payments throughout, but also their potential to deliver a frictionless experience, aid personalisation and help airlines differentiate themselves. So um, with that, I'm going to launch into the first question. Um, And this is a question for Frank as our airline representative. Frank, how does Iceland Air approach payments today? And what's your vision for payments over the next few years? Um, Well, I'm just thinking like, how how is it now? Yeah, I mean, uh, when when I joined Iceland two and a half years ago, what we really did was thinking customer, because before that, to be honest, uh, it was more like cost-centered driven uh, and uh, really like the cost was in, in the middle of everything. So when I joined, when I was writing the payment strategy, we have like four pillars um, that we take care of now, which is customer experience first, the seamless processing, risk mitigation and profitability and everything we do around payments has to uh, combine uh, those. I mean, not everything ticks uh, all of the boxes, but uh, when it comes to the strategy, um, you know, that's that's our, our major goal. When it comes to the forms of payments, for example, um, there is uh, still room for improvement on our side. We are very much on the uh, card side and uh, do things there. And it's a huge complexity when you just have like the whole infrastructure in mind. And sometimes I'm just uh, seeing myself almost like as a uh, yeah, clockmaker, uh, because uh, if you just change a little thing here, a little gear, it has a huge impact, you know. So uh, this is what we experienced, and uh, that's, uh, I mean, something that uh, we have to cope with. And maybe just uh, to add to this, like, how do we think now? I mean, we have kind of our own currency, which is the Saga Point. So every uh, customer that becomes a member into the Saga Club, um, we have the uh, points there, and uh, they are used as well. And we want to have this frictionless and seamless as well. And maybe envision things uh, when it comes to, to payments, I always think, you know, this is the last thing that the customer needs to worry about. So it has to be for us the most important thing to take care of that this is, and that's why it's great to have this topic today, as frictionless, as seamless, you know, as, as it can be. Um, and that's where we put a lot of effort into the infrastructure, looking into how to unify the, the checkout experience. So it, 
all comes you know very natural intuitive uh, to, to to the customer so uh okay interesting there thank you very much right well let's let's launch into question two here um the where are the main points of payment friction across the traveler journey today is it at the booking the airport or in destination stroke hotel and um, camille do you want to start us off with this question Yes, of course. So what's really interesting is to notice that payment touch points are really everywhere during the during the travel and during the travel experience. Uh, so I would say that uh, yeah, payment um, experience impacts really uh, at, at different moments of the travel uh, impacts the overall experience uh, on the travel itself. Uh, so it's important to envision the whole uh, journey globally. Uh, what we've noticed uh, is that the airport use cases uh, are the ones where we need uh, to uh, really, uh, or we have the most room for improvement, let's say, um, because it's, it's a particularly interesting topic. So we have face-to-face -face scenarios. We have uh, people who are uh, in a rush. We have lines uh, of, of people waiting uh, to um, uh, to proceed with uh, with their boarding or with their uh, check-in, etc. So um, what we've seen in our previous study is that we have 35% of travelers who uh, would list uh, paying for an excess luggage uh, as uh, actually uh, their top worry, their top frustration uh, in regards with uh, with payments. So that's clearly a point where we have to we have to really um, proceed with uh, with maybe some improvements with uh, some frictionless uh, payment cases there. So I would say airport is maybe one uh, one big part of it. But uh, again, what we see is that all, overall uh, we have also to work on being more transparent uh, in our costs in the hidden fees uh, that are also listed as, as a as a big worry by travelers. Uh, and so really to envision this whole flow really end to end, not through silos, but really through this uh, overall uh, experience uh, from a traveler angle. Thank you. And Frank, you know, as the airline, you where are you seeing the pain points for travelers? Uh, I, I agree with Camille. You know, I think it's like throughout the whole journey, you know, if, if we see it, you know, from, from the booking engine to, to the airport and even maybe like to the to the destination. What we really like worked very hard on lately was uh, more on the on the booking engine side. Why I think it was in the poll as well, like refunds. I mean, it has had a, a huge impact. And of course, if someone has a refund, I mean, we have to make everything possible in the checkout and the checkout experience that they can use those refunds. You know, this should you know be um, very easily done, uh, very convenient, and maybe even you know with a combination of of, of loyalty points or saga points or in combination uh, with 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 cash as well. So it was very important to get this part right, and it's. An iteration process it's uh, ongoing um but of course things that we do now on, on on the airport side i mean is looking into the payments there for for kiosk uh looking as well into to airport pay you know how can we bring things there better together and uh, have it you know as seamless as possible because we notice a lot of um the customer behavior goes over to have like this one device at hand yeah which is the, the mobile and uh, they, they should use that and uh, be able to use that throughout the whole journey and uh, of course a very interesting part is then in, in the aftermath meaning the destination what we, can we do there can we involve our app um, how can we make this you know the best journey possible for for the customer and Adnan, um what do you think uh you know what are the barriers to overcoming these areas of friction from your experience well um i think, I think there are various but um, the one that i perhaps want to sort of focus on is strategy i think um 
everyone in the ecosystem needs to understand and accept the realities of market conditions, right? It's important for all of us um, to sort of baseline the strategy, um, accept that market conditions are changing rapidly. And I think we need to embrace that rather than oppose it. And I think you know, sometimes if we can sort of you know, take that step, I think that is a, you know, sort of helps, um, you know, bring down the barriers. Um, it, the other thing also is that in travel payments, um, you know, within an airline, sometimes payments is you know, considered as a downstream process. And uh, you know, by that time, um, you know, we, we sort of are not involved um, you know, from a, a mainstream or, or customer centricity perspective. And therefore, I think it's important to sort of make sure that the, 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 the strategy is, is quite cohesive from an organization perspective and quite dynamic, uh, you know, so that it does not act as a barrier for the airline to grow the portfolio. Um, and, you know, for instance, I think one of the, a couple of things that I want to sort of touch upon there is that we need to start, our airlines to start thinking locally, right? Payments are not a one-size-fits-all operation. Um, and it's imperative that merchants offer customers payment options that they prefer uh, to reduce card abandonment, right? If you're not offering the payment methods and currencies that match the current, the countries or the regions, you're cutting out an entire segment of online uh, shoppers, even without realizing, uh, you know, what what the airline has perhaps lost. And and the same goes for you know currency. So you, when we talk about offering currencies, um, for instance, I I I stay in in Madrid, um, but if for instance if I was to be traveling and you know. And if I was offered a currency other than um, euros, it becomes quite difficult for me to understand what what you know what what that actually translates into. So so yeah, so you have to make it easy for the customer to understand the price, um, and make it easy for them to pay that as well. Uh, and not only will the airlines be able to reach more customers and encourage them to complete their purchase, but also give them advice on ways to leverage foreign exchange, you know, to an airline's advantage. So that you know the airline can actually also benefit from the conversion fee rather than actually you know parting the commission to other parties. So that would be my take on that. Okay, well, thank you for that. There's uh, clearly a lot of work to do there. Um, so let's look at you know if if the industry were able to get um, payments right to to achieve a frictionless payment environment, what's the opportunity for the industry, and you know who will be the winners? Um, Frank, can I come to you first on that one? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I think this is a huge opportunity. And as I said in the, in the beginning, you know, I think uh, it's something that the customer should very, really like less about, you know, like how payments are done. So, I mean, we have to put a lot of effort into this to, to make it right. And I mean, this includes, you know, all, all of us. And uh, as an airline, of course, I mean, we are so dependent on, uh, on different um, parts in, in the process. Just when I uh, think about like who is involved, like in all the steps, you know, that we take, you know, when, when, when a payment is done, the third party providers, PSPs, uh, the acquirers, of course, for the, for the card side, um, then, you know, our front and then uh, the inventory system, Amadeus as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, in the back that has to run, you know, like seamlessly and it's like our responsibility to to get this right to get the infrastructure right and um, to to get this opportunity right because i think we as as a company as an airline we have a pretty good view on, on the customer journey you know this is mapped out with different personas and, and all also but then when it comes to the payment side you know this is where uh, some gaps are and there there's definitely like room for improvement so i really see this you know as a, as a great opportunity for us 
uh, as, as an airline to grow, but for, for the whole industry. And that's why it's uh, very, very much of importance to, to work together there and uh, bring partnerships forward there. And, and Frank, as an airline, are there simple things do you think Carrier can do to make the process less frictionless? There, there are, yeah, and um, I, I think when it you know comes to, for example, like our, our booking engine, we do we do a lot of like like A/B testing. You know, we look a lot like how does customers perceive it, just just like from the design itself. You know, I mean that uh, I was talking like in the beginning, like this uh, unified checkout experience. You know, if, I think if we can make this right, you know, I think the customer will, will trust more, uh, will get more into to the payment flow, and it's easier for him to find uh, find his way through through our infrastructure um, i think we are not there yet to have like a one click buy option yeah <laughs> in the future hopefully this this might happen um, but of course we try everything around this as well like like the design the, the intuitivity um, to, to improve that yeah and so adnan what's your view on the opportunity here yeah so um you know um, with frank and just to compliment you know, what it's sort of saying is that consumers today, uh, you know, um, expect a seamless and a frictionless experience now. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the, the design. So if, if that's not there, uh, you know, you sort of tend to lose, lose out customers. I think, uh, you know, I, I guess agreeing with what all Frank has sort of said, I think what is important um, is to know the unknown. I think, I think that, that is quite imperative to get the process right. Um, you know, I've already talked about, you know, how, you know, the importance of um, often local payment methods, but I think, um, uh, you know, for instance, uh, it, it's important to sort of understand, uh, you know, your, the airline's data, uh, and, and a lot of answers actually, you know, reside over there. Uh, you know, we will often find, you know, that consumer cards are declined during an online purchase uh, for no fault of the customer or the merchant. Um, I've, I've worked with various different airlines, you know, who've had unnecessary high volume of card rejections and, you know, uh, for purchases attempted with a non-local issued credit card. Now, you know, if you take that problem, uh, you know, that is typically a problem with an issuer who might assume that these transactions are fraudulent in nature um, and, and have, you know, perhaps their own reasons to reject the payment. Now, from a customer perspective, you know, the customer has no idea what's happening in the background and will automatically blame the merchant uh, you know, for the rejected transaction in this case, the airline. And that sort of leads to you know, quite a poor customer experience. They might try again with another payment method, but, at the same, you know, but by the same token, they might look for a different travel merchant who will accept the card, leading to sales drop off and loss, loss of customer loyalty. And, and therefore, I think uh, you know, for airlines, they need to assess the cost of the acquisition of a customer what does a rejection on the airline.com cost them? If, if they can work out you know, you know, this particular cost, um, you know, airlines will have a major win. And, and you know, we at Amadeus you know, continue to work with our uh, customers and from an industry perspective to try and help airlines measure what the customer stickiness index is. So let's move on a bit here. Who, who, who gets to fix the job? Who should initiate a frictionless payment vision? And how can industry stakeholders, and that could be airlines, it could be airports, it could be hotels, how can we all work together to deliver it? Um, Frank, kick us off there. I think, uh, and uh, I said it before, I think it's a, it's a real co-evolvement. Uh, I think it needs to uh, co-evolve because it's such a complexity, such a, a big stone to, to roll uh, alone. Yeah, so I mean, 
as airlines, you know, we, we have our vision, we have our vision very much, you know, later for, for the customer journey, but to bring this, you know, to the, to the payment side, it won't only be us. So I think in, in this process, uh, for example, I think uh, yeah, uh, commercial providers like, like, for, uh, like Amadeus or even, you know, us as airlines, like uh, doing this together, you know, Vajata, I think there is a lot of things that we need to do together because the, the journey is such, you know, it's, it's a long journey and uh, it's, it's, it's very complex. So it would not make sense to have, you know, like an isolated approach, um, just, you know, one is doing it because uh, otherwise I think we will lose out on a, on a great opportunity. So, and that's why I say like co-evolve co because for me, like co-evolution co uh, always comes with a radical change and, and high complexity. And I think like both are given in this scenario. So out of this, you know, when you see kind of as a, as a panel, like later, um, I think partnerships will evolve, uh, strategic alliances, um, but I don't foresee this um, to be like one would do like an, an, an isolated approach. So it's a, a collaborative approach and yeah, we have to do it together. Okay, um, Camille, Frank's just really picked up on a very important point there, which is, which is collaboration. I mean, how significant do you think that is going to be? Yeah, I, I fully agree with Frank, and I think it's uh, clearly an area where collaboration will be completely key to be success, successful in this. Um, if you look at the travel ecosystem today, it's a, it's a complex ecosystem. You have many actors, you have many interactions everywhere, and it has to feel transparent for the traveler. They don't have to worry about who, uh, you know, who is in charge of, of this piece of their travel. Um, so indeed, uh, I really see uh, here uh, an, uh, even more the importance of focusing on, on the traveler experience and their journey. Uh, what's interesting is to look at uh, what technology is providing us. We see technology evolve uh, a lot. Uh, and since uh, the last uh, uh, 10 to 15 years, we've seen a lot of, um, of improvements and new uh, things that technology um, allows to do. Uh, so I really believe uh, strongly in, in uh, our uh, capacity all together uh, with all the, uh, the different actors of the travel chain uh, to collaborate on, on innovation uh, with this new change, with these new expectations from the travelers. Uh, so I really think we could uh, all together really envision this end-to-end -end, uh, frictionless um, uh, experience for the traveler with, uh, uh, you know, shaping the experiences of, of tomorrow for the payments. So having something fast, uh, something secure, uh, flexible and, and compatible with regulations, of course. So I, I really believe in this collaboration. I really believe in, in the fact that we all have our role to play uh, in this, but keeping the interest of the traveler at the center of, of everything. Yeah, that's going to be important going forward for sure. So we've seen a lot of exciting um, payment technology innovations recently. So we've had uh, quite a lot of information around the buy now, pay later. Um, trend. We've had um, online travel agencies getting into fintech business, which I personally think is a really interesting trend. Um, and in fact, Amadeus had a flexible payment options fireside chat uh, last month that you can tune into um, on some of these, these, these trends. But um, do you think that they help remove friction for travelers? Um, and Adnan, perhaps you'd start us off on that one. Uh, absolutely. I think it's all about catching the moment, right, and enriching the customer experience across the, the entire buying process or, or let's say, the travel journey. Um, you know, uh, for instance, let, let's just take, you know, let, let's just go out of travel for a minute and sort of say, let's say, if I want to buy a new sort of headless or wireless headphones, um, you know, because there's a massive queue at the checkout to say, try and grab my phone, scan the item, 
and pay by the app, uh, you know, uh, and that's sort of the sort of this mobile self scan and pay. But now, if you add sort of, you know, you talked about buy now, pay later, if you sort of add that into the particular process, it becomes absolutely fantastic for a consumer to be able to sort of go check it out, uh, you know, not, not having to, um, you know, wait for um, any of the, uh, the checkout process. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a study done by Bain uh, where they sort of said that about, I think in, in, during the lockdown, about, about 30 or 35% of the customers actually uh, preferred voice assisted, uh, you know, uh, transactions. So, so clearly there's, there's this uh, opportunity that, that exists, uh, you know, from you know, to, to, to sort of bring in all these new paying methods and you know, in, embed them in the technology. You know, for me, the way I look at it is conversion is all about being impactful uh, you know, um, at the moment of growth. What about you, Frank? Are the payment technology innovations, are they kind of more of a headache or can they help? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they can definitely help. And I mean, the, the market itself, I mean, it's so dynamic and you just see, you know, like how fast things uh, are happening there. Um, and for me, for example, like the uh, by now pay later options, I, th I think they, even if you just see, you know, this segment, you know, how it evolved. And uh, when I came into the industry, like two and a half years ago, I got the first presentations and I always thought, you know, oh my God, you know, what a friction it is, you know, like then of course, like the credit risk rating and things like this. And if you see the journeys now, I mean, you know, although it looks and it appears, you know, so seamless, we kind of know what has to happen in the back. I mean, just to make this, this possible. Um, and I think that's, you know, good example and you know how things should look like you know effortless on the surface yeah for the customer you know it's uh, it's it's very easy but of course we kind of know on the back you know what needs to happen and uh, if you just think about uh like the regulatory standards you know compliance and things like this you know i mean what we all need to to do just to uh, bring this you know right together um that's why i think it's uh, very interesting to see more focus of the industry and as you said it uh, also um on the, do you think sorry no, I was just going to ask you if you think yeah. some of these these payment trends and, and innovation will kind of drive the existing um, players to to kind of act. I think it uh, it does a certain push, yeah. So it it, it really think or like, yeah, it, it makes people you know con con taking this into consideration and uh, maybe even you know thinking about payments now differently, taking it like closer to to the to to the business to the operations. Because I said in, in the past, you know, it was a vehicle somehow, you know, happening and uh, maybe not taking like uh, so much uh, space. But uh, I mean, as we did it as well as Iceland, like two, uh, two years ago, uh, putting this more into the focus of things. You know, I mean, uh, we have now a, a clear governance. You know, when it comes to to payments, I think before it was just you know some groups did something, but now it really became you know a, a core function as, as as such with uh, with various uh, actors. You know, from from different Different departments. Um, I mean, probably we we not will be in the position to uh, to be uh, a payment processor, uh, but just thinking about this and seeing you know like how, how industry is, uh, is is approaching it. It's, I think it's a very interesting and exciting journey at this point of time to be in and uh, be part of that. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you've got some of the, the big platforms out there um, in the retail environment, and obviously Amazon is, is the obvious one. But, you know, can we learn lessons from, from these guys? And they could be digital companies, they could be e-commerce, they could be retail. But when it comes to frictionless payment, they're certainly offering the consumer, um, you know, a really speedy sort of um, frictionless payment. So experience. So, Frank, do you think that, that they are the ones to, you know, to learn from? 
Yeah, I mean, I always feel, you know, like we, we are in the travel world, we are a bit, you know, behind, you know, so when I just see like the, the e-commerce side, you know, it, it feels, you know, rather natural. I mean, for me as a customer to, to go in there, you know, uh, buying something, the, the shopping experience is such. And um, I mean, although we don't have a Starbucks here in, in Iceland, you know, I, I always admire, you know, Starbucks when I look into the app, you know, how they kind of made it happen, like this change from a brick and mortar business you know putting something in the digital world you know i mean you are there you are in the app and uh, you can pre-purchase and if you just hear the numbers and lately i was uh, reading a report and like 1.6 billion us dollars is parked you know like in this uh, in, in the preloaded uh, mm -hmm. uh, amount uh, unspent, you know, with, with Starbucks shows the trust, of course, but shows how they could make that happen, you know, just like from a brick and mortar, you know, giving like this digital touch as well. And I think this gives us, you know, kind of a, a guiding light as well as, as, as an industry, uh, what is kind of the, the expectation from the customer there. And Camille, do you think there are lessons to be learned there from the retail or digital to other companies outside travel? Yes, yes, absolutely. And we've talked about uh, about having uh, having your your app where you can actually store uh, your payment methods and you can actually uh, use it and store money uh, uh, up front of your purchases, etc. And uh, clearly, there are a lot of good examples in the digital world and in the uh, uh, in the overall retail and e-commerce world where we can uh, we can uh, be inspired by by, uh, by what exists. Uh, we are all users of of these apps or these uh, these websites where you actually have a really frictionless payment experience uh, sometimes you pay in one click sometimes you have actually uh, the opportunity to uh, save multiple methods of payments you can save your uh, vouchers you can save everything to the same place you can maybe uh, you know share your points share them with people etc so you have this whole um, new way of dealing with um, with money and with basically how you spend it and how you uh, how you earn it as well uh, through the different loyalty platforms uh, that clearly uh, uh, the travel industry has um, has to uh, yeah, to adapt to these new ways of um, uh, of paying um, we see more and more some transparency uh, in terms of uh, of yeah you don't even realize that you are you know, paying things happen behind the scene, so it can be a bit dangerous. We have to be careful about that. But uh, obviously, um, uh, having something that works uh, without any, uh, you know, um, worry or friction or, or um, complicated flow for the travelers is clearly a direction we need to take. Okay. Well, look, we are out of our panel questions here, and before we launch into the Q and A, I just want our panelists to think about one of kind of one key takeaway that I'll ask you about after the Q&A. Well, that's a really engaging discussion and I see that you've managed to engage with the audience as well because we've received a couple of questions so far. Um, and anyone who has questions, please, um, any additional questions you'd like to raise, just use the Q&A function and, and send it to us. So I'm going to start reading out the ones that we've received so far. And you still have time. So don't be shy and, and share with us your comments, uh, questions, and take advantage of the experts that are with us today. So there's, there's a question here that would be for the whole panel. So what does the panel think of travel providers developing fintech arms and payment providers getting into travel? That, that's an interesting one. So who would like to go for it? Frank, perhaps, would you like to take it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think it comes a bit to uh, the, the question that, that that we had before. I think it's uh, really interesting, you know, to see that, uh, yeah, 
this payment or like pay payments uh, in general becomes more of a, a theme uh, for, for travel agents, for the travel world as well. So I think it's uh, it's the right timing to, to think about this. And as I said before, you know, I think it will give a, the industry a push as well. Yeah? And uh, there is a lot of complexity that needs to be tackled and give like bringing this a bit closer to uh, to your company, getting more experience in this and, and bringing this out. I think it's uh, very excited and I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great move. It's courageous, yeah, because uh, I think sometimes, you know, if you tap into something new that is, I mean, not, you know, your core business and, and part of your core business, I mean, uh, it uh, is, of course, a bit of a cold water, uh, but I think it will turn out to be uh, a very uh, successful and uh, probably yeah, a successful journey, I think, for those that were that courageous and, and, and started yeah. thank you frank i don't know if uh, camille or Adnan, if you'd like to expand on on that i guess uh you know clearly uh the uh, echoing word frank just, just said uh, clearly i think you know travel still continues to be an exciting industry for people to to look at right uh, we can sort of see now that you know the, the borders are opened up uh, you know people are traveling so I guess, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, I guess the industry presents a lot of opportunities. I think, uh, you know, a lot of players are realizing that the potential is, you know, possibly from an end-to-end -end offering perspective, and that sort of makes the value proposition more compelling as well. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity here. And, you know, as, as in, you know, the, the industry sort of, uh, you know, is, is on its way to recovery, we will sort of see more and more players, um, you know, um, you know, coming in uh, into the space, and I think there's a lot of opportunity that exists. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, uh, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, in, in making sure that, from travel planning perspective, um, you know, we are we're able to sort of uh, you know migrate into the e-retailing world, you know, which is the order and offer, which is what the IATA and the industry is looking at. Thank you. Okay, another question that has come in is what do you think are the elements that are making payments developments to happen uh, or accelerate now? Um, would like Camille, do you, do you want to go for that one? Yes, I, I want to go with that one. Um, so, so really, I think there are multiple factors. Uh, I would say the first thing is that yeah, travelers', ex travelers uh, expectations and users' expectations are really um, uh, raising more and more uh, towards digital solutions. Uh, so in both B2C and, and B2B uh, uh, ecosystems, you see more and more uh, um, uh, expectations from, from the customers and from the users. So you can't afford anymore to, to provide um, a product, a tool, a website, or service that is uh, fragmented, that doesn't work well, that doesn't flow well. Uh, expectations are, are moving really fast on that uh, because it's also driven by the big players um, out there. So that's the first thing. Uh, I would say the second thing driving all this is also the, uh, the uh, progress, and, and we talked about it a little bit, but the progress and the advancement of, of technology. Uh, so we see that now we have yeah, maybe three very big technology uh, improvements that are driving also this change. Uh, I would say for, for the customer interactions and, and transactions, we have the contactless 
um, uh, payments that are, are now becoming the norm. Uh, we have biometrics, which are now there to actually ease the whole authentication and, and, um, and the security uh, part of, of things uh, in, in many different domains. And we have also digital assets such as payment vaults, uh, such as uh, wallets, uh, that are also becoming more and more uh, used in, uh, in many, many uh, applications and websites. So I would say that a lot of these experiences will grow in popularity more and more. And, and it's, it's quite exciting because it's basically opening uh, much more room for innovation, for basically uh, uh, image, imagine or, or, or create uh, the, uh, the perfect experiences without having this uh, constraint of technology. Technology is already there. So it's up to us designers, uh, mm. business and, uh, and technology uh, professionals to, to basically build uh, the future of the experience. It's not any more challenge of, of technology, the challenge of, of imagination, I would say. Absolutely. I like that. <laughs> so another question here is how much, I think it's for the whole panel as well, how much of a challenge are, perhaps maybe more for Frank, how much of a challenge are alternative payment mechanisms for airlines? So perhaps Frank, would you like to answer yeah. one? <laughs> sure, can do. I think when it comes to, to alternative methods of payments, um, it's a very like, yeah, broad, broad scheme. Yeah, and uh, we, we can see it from uh, various angles. Uh, I mean, we, we as a company, we, we have some uh, alternative methods of payments, probably we would not jump on the on the first ones. Why? I mean, it is kind of, uh, as, as we said it a bit before, I mean, for airlines, there is a certain complexity and it uh, comes more or less like with detailed data as well. Um, because the service, I mean, it's most of the time not delivered, you know, when uh, when the payment happens, and this gives a bit of a delay, yeah, and uh, that's why I mean those that uh, that that pay, for example, um, and we have it with uh, with credit cards, a certain exposure is there, um, and of course, uh, alternative methods of payments, we always have to think about, you know, how does this kind of fit together, so not every form of payment uh, is kind of uh, fitting into the scheme. Um, and, um, and therefore, we have to uh, yeah, really think about this. And I said it in the beginning, kind of, uh, if, if you see it, you know, as a almost, um, yeah, we have to fine tune everything because, you know, if we do something and uh, we introduce a new uh, form of payment, we have to think about the sales channels, you know, which sales channel does it, uh, does it include, which um, PSP and uh, processing flows is involved. How does our system infrastructure work with it? So looking into the front end, looking into the booking engine, how can detailed data be used in the back end? So, I mean, that's uh, for us a very uh, crucial part because also like internally we have to do the reconciliation, right? So it's not only like thinking about the transaction itself, it's thinking about the, the refund as well. So there are a lot of things to take into consideration. I mean, like once, you know, we, we, we switched to, to an AMOP as well and we, we saw, uh, and like even to me, like a lot of uh, providers uh, approached me, but if you go like more into like depth, you know, and uh, you really try to, you know, figure out, you know, how does it fit best in, into the environment and uh, to the four pillars of, of strategy that I mentioned in the beginning, you kind of uh, get then cl like close to a point where you see, okay, um, I mean, this can work and this not. And that's why uh, we work mostly together with, with those AMAPs that uh, have been like longer on the market with a certain maturity because we kind of are dependent on this, this detailed data in, in the back as well uh, most of the time. So uh, it's, a, it's a tricky one, yeah, but uh, definitely something to, to explore. Thank you. And 
we have one more question that has come in. Um, there's still time for additional questions if anyone would, would still want to go for it. And for this question, I would actually have my own opinion already. So is there any fear that digital ground gained in the pandemic could be lost? So I think that we'll probably all come up with the same answer. Camille, what would you say? I would say I don't think so, actually. And, uh, and maybe there's one good thing in this pandemic is that the fact that it's been actually a great accelerator uh, of digitalization uh, in, in many different areas. Uh, so, so I don't think we lose uh, this digital transformation that's happening in many industries. Um, what I think is that more and more people are um, looking also for human connections now that uh, the pandemic is uh, starting to now slow down and hopefully will be behind us uh, very soon. Um, but I think it's also a new normal that's emerging both in, in our working environment, in our all of our habits. Um, uh, and so, so I, I don't see this declining in the near future. I think I sort of agree with, uh, with, with them. And I think this is the new normal in payments as well now. And, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking right now that I sort of had about a hundred euros, which I wanted. You know, before the pandemic, and it's still there. I have no idea what to do with it. You know, where to spend it because it's all about God. So, yeah. So, I think, I think, you know, this trend is going to continue, and and uh, you know, all the surveys show that as well. That e-commerce has been a great accelerator at the moment. Esther, does it match with your opinion? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it matches Frank's as well. No, or even Linda. I guess that we probably all agree. Okay, so with that, we've covered all the questions that have come in from, from the audience. So uh, I think that, uh, Linda, I'll, I'll leave it back to you now to for the closing remarks. Thank you. Thanks, Esther. So um, as I said before the Q&A, we'd like each of the panelists to a closing remark, which would uh, give the audience a key takeaway from the session. So let's start with you, Camille. Um, yes, I will. I will say what I always say is that basically um, in, in everything we do to be successful, we have to really focus on the traveler. I, I think that's really the key. Uh, we can focus on the product, we can focus on technology, we can focus on many things. But if we focus on the travelers, we'll really have um, basically the opportunity to create something that, that fits with their needs, their experience. We haven't really talked about the whole cultural aspect, but it's also a very important thing to look at. Uh, there's not one traveler. There are multiple uh, travelers all around the world. We have different types of interacting with technology. We have different types of interacting with payment mechanisms. Uh, so we have to really um, study uh, really well uh, through data, through interviews, through observation, what travelers do, how they feel about payments, how they um, uh, experience uh, the different touch points uh, across the travel. So having this holistic systemic uh, view of, of the whole travel with a focus on the user for me and the traveler is, is really key for me to, to proceed with a, with a successful um, uh, project in this area. So that's exciting for me. Thank you. Uh, Frank, what's your key takeaway for the audience today? Yeah, I mean, like uh, it was a very, very good discussion already, you know, and uh, just thinking about it, I think for, for me, you know, it's like uh, three 
key takeaways, you know, it's like this outside in approach. I mean, that we live as an airline, you know, but we have to think like customer first. I mean, what does he perceive, you know, how do we get closer to, to, to this uh, as well to make this experience, you know, best possible. And then I have to kind of, you know, steal a phrase from, uh, from Camille, because when you said, you know, like challenge uh, of imagination, I think that's totally right, you know, because the technology is there, you know, we have infrastructure, but we have to utilize this, you know, and to really get into the spin there and, uh, yeah, I, I like the phrase that you that you chose um, and maybe like the the, the last thing you know and uh, I, I said it before is more on the, the co-evolve side you know I really think it's nothing that we will do alone yeah so it, it will it will be an effort and uh, I would really encourage you know that this would be kind of an, an open innovation as well you know so that we uh, embark people like and uh, other uh, companies and, and, and providers you know on the journey uh, because it is really critical and uh, we do like the first thing right, which was, you know, um, the customer first approach. Um, it's really important to uh, do this together and uh, do, do this in the right manner. And Adnan, give us your, your key takeaway, if you would. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, uh, I, I would sort of compliment my, my, my fellow panelists to sort of say, uh, absolutely, I will. Uh, we, we talk about technology, you know, technology will continue to be an right? but customer centricity is the key to all elements. I mean, whether you're a product organization, technology organization, customer centricity has to be you know, at the core. Um, you know, I was, I was uh, interestingly, uh, obviously this is what we talked about from a practical perspective, but uh, you know, academically as well, it's quite interesting. So I was at an IATA digital event last week in Madrid, and you know, we had uh, a professor from IMD, Professor Frederick, who sort of, you know, and, and I leave it with that, uh, you know, but he sort of said that customer centricity is a journey without a finish line, right? And I think that's that's quite important and, and key that, you know, we sort of look at the customer always in terms of what we do. And and, and I think that that would be the key message that, you know, the customer is is, is going to be, has to be in, in a key focus or, or a pivotal, has to be pivotal to the strategy. Thank you. Well, thank you for being a wonderful panel. Okay, so with that, um, thank you, Linda, Frank, uh, Camille, uh, Adnan. I think it's it's been really uh, interesting, and it's been great to have you all with us today in this Farset chat today. And I hope you've all enjoyed it, and also hope to see you again in in the next Farset chat. So thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of the day or the evening. Bye bye. And that's a wrap. As always, a big thank you to our panel contributors. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you'd like to see the findings of our research and how you can use this to create better payment outcomes for your customers, you can find a link to our interactive experience and research report in the podcast description. See you next time.